Hello, hello. I am coming back with a special mini series where I'm going to be sharing lessons learned, um, experience gained, discomfort faced, all from, you know, having a baby, going into labor, from taking maternity leave, from all of these good things. So, we're going to do this special mini series. I hope you enjoy it. Bye. Are you ready to hack your time? I'm Vicky and I am obsessed with course correcting everything that you've been taught about how to use your time because I know that you can create more success while having more fun and taking more rest. I went from doing all the things, working 80 hour weeks to creating a 15 hour work week. Listen and learn how to hack your time so you never have to say that you don't have time ever again. You too will learn how to accelerate without doing more today. Hello, hello, lovely people. Back with the final for now of, um, well, final of the miniseries is actually the final of the miniseries. So, but it's not the final of the podcasting. Of course, I'm so happy to be back podcasting with you guys and speaking with you guys and sharing and learning and all of the good stuff. Um, I know that I heard from lots of you that you did actually really love the replays and um, I mean I love them too. I think sometimes we think we need always new 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 information but sometimes the same information listened to over and over again. Firstly it gets into our brain, it hits us on like a deeper level. Secondly it allows us to actually act on it instead of always bouncing around to something new. And also it hits us differently depending on what our priorities are, what's going on in our brain and our lives at that point in time. And that's why I love sharing earlier episodes because even for some of you, you might have listened to it when it was released or even like a year ago. And then you listen to it now and you already know that you are in a different place. Uh, It lands differently. Like you don't take in every single word I say on this podcast really deeply. There's going to be like a few, you know, it's like a 10, 15 minute episode. There's going to be like one minute that your brain really like thirsts over and juices up, slurps up, I should say. So I do really encourage generally to just keep re-listening to episodes. So it's been really great to give you the opportunity to do so, to listen to some of our favourites. But now I'm back, bitches. (laughs) So today we are talking about post-labour and not everyone has a post-labour story like this. Um, You know, I know that we are at the end of the day very lucky and fortunate with how everything worked out um but I am going to be sharing a little bit about what happened after I gave birth um why we were in hospital for the week and what it really felt like what we experienced and of course the lessons so that you can learn from this and apply it to your own life and see amazing results and again I think for me I don't know if I purposefully blocked it out or I wasn't that interested, or people weren't speaking about it. But I just think the whole narrative around pregnancy, around giving birth, around labour, around post-birth, it really, I was really fucking clueless. (laughs) I was really naive. I simplified everything. I didn't know 
um, what it could be like. I didn't know how bad it could be. I'm just going to put that out there. And I think it had been glorified. It's, you know, if the only experience you have is seeing it on movies, then I just don't really feel like we're clued up. Not to mention, I mean, a lot of my friends said to me since, like, oh, I didn't really tell you at the time because you weren't in that place. I just think we can have these conversations without being in that place. I think let's have more honest and open conversations. You can add yourself or remove yourself from any of them. But for me, I think... I want to be speaking about this more. I want to give people the opportunity to have different information than maybe what's out there in the mainstream. So if you have enjoyed this series, then please do share it on. Um, Some real talk going down here, people. So I gave birth quite fast, as you know. He came out at 5.55am and I'd called my husband at 2am. So it was not a long labour. Um, but of course him and my mum hadn't slept throughout the night just like I hadn't and after an hour or so everything was kind of fine I was gulping English tea as we call it like builder's tea it's like you know sugar milk tea like and lots of toast and I was like in a bed you know I was cleaned up and showered and whatever and I told them to just go home and have a nap and come back later well rested and recovered um, we knew the baby was small. He came out weighing two kilos, which is about 4.4 pounds, our little man. But he was under a heat protector. Oh, he was on me on skin to skin um, and he was doing OK. They were coming around to check him. And so I sent them home. And then anyway, so they sent home. I called two of my best friends. One of them didn't answer. I mean, she literally didn't know that I was going into labor. She'd actually been able to come see me in hospital the week before, but you know, she didn't know the call she was missing. And, um, yeah, so it was all good. I was recovering, sleeping, and then we were told we were going to be moved to the post labor unit. And so we moved, I held him, And then we got to the bed and the nurse, one of the nurses picked him up from me and then just ran out the room. And I was left, actually, I was actually in the corridor. I remember I was looking out the corridor, like stood still, didn't have a fucking clue what was going on. Just like, so emotional wanting to cry, like I knew he was small, I'd already been told actually that he'd need some antibiotics Um, and I'm going to be very honest with you, I spent a lot of my pregnancy thinking that something was going to go wrong, like all my anxiety, all my fears, everything was dialed up super loud, not to mention, you know, I didn't have the smoothest pregnancy, I was in and out of hospital, Um, I was experiencing bleeding. He wasn't growing enough. There was lots of things, but my brain really was in a highly anxious state and a high fear state. Um, And so when this happened and obviously no one had any answers, I was just sat there um, and it felt like time stood still. I'd sent my support unit home um, and I just didn't have a fucking clue what was going on. It was honestly terrifying. Um, And then someone came and got me Um, I mean, I have to say anyone that was around was super lovely. You know, it's going to be okay. Everything's fine. And, you know, you're like, yeah, cool. I I mean, what? I don't even know what's happening. I don't even know what the fuck is happening. Um, 
And then someone came and got me and they took me to this room and there were five or so doctors. He was on a bed and they asked me some questions and I was answering them and I was getting very emotional. I was definitely crying. Um, and what was interesting was I felt such an urge to like apologize for crying. I don't know if you guys do this, but it's something that I so don't want to do in my conscious brain, but my subconscious brain feels the need to apologize when I cry, which is why, by the way, you, you will have seen this if you follow me on socials. But, you know, when my son is crying, I am never telling him to stop crying. I'm never shushing him. I'm never saying calm down or stop or whatever it might be. I'm just saying it's okay. You're safe. You are loved. I'm here. It's okay to cry. Um, I don't know when it starts, this uh, apology for crying, but it's something I actively don't want him to experience and I'm always working on myself. I would never wish anyone that I ever spoke to to feel like they should apologise for crying. Crying is a beautiful thing, it's an expression of emotion. Let's cry more. Um, but I was crying and I was feeling the urge to apologise um, and everyone was just lovely and they were explaining to me what was going on with him and that they were going to send him to the NICU and he was going to be there for a few days and they asked if I already knew about the antibiotics and I did and um so listen he was a month early he was it's kind of like he's fine and he's it's on the border um I do know people who had babies three months early and who survived and are thriving and I feel really lucky to have been exposed to that I think it normalized things for me my brother was six weeks early I was a few weeks early so you know I had a lot of examples in my life of this being okay he actually weighed the same as my brother how cute is that like a tiny little bit less but I had lots of examples of it being okay. I knew we were in hospital. I knew I was surrounded by medical professionals. And at that point in time, all I could do was trust them, right? I couldn't be, I didn't know shit. Like how often in your life are you in a situation where you don't know things? Now me asking more questions or trying to do anything was only going to distract him from getting the help he needs. Now it's not to say don't ask the questions that you want to ask. I definitely was doing that. But what I mean is that this comes up more in my higher level mastermind, the 15 hour work week, is like leaning into trust. You cannot control certain things and we have to stop relying on our ability to do things and therefore to create a false sense of control in order to feel trusting in order to believe in what's possible right in this situation there was nothing that I could personally do um except trust the doctors except believe in him and you know except ask for the support that I needed which obviously I did um from my family um that day so <laughs> they rested a bit and then they came in um I actually waited till they were in to tell them I didn't want them driving with that but I said you know it's time to come definitely come so again we've gone through the people pleasing asking for what you want definitely showed up here um and then he was kept in special unit for a few nights and I'll tell you what I did I slept I did I slept a part of my brain was like you should be going for every feed you should go see you know he needed to feed every three hours um they were you know I was starting to be asked about breastfeeding and saying how amazing it was and how important it was and all of this stuff and part of my brain was like hustling that hustle energy to like 
squeeze whatever I could out of my boobs to get down there, to be with him, to be skin to skin, to be doing all the things all the time. I'm in the hospital, you know, but my own body needed a break. It needed recovery. It needed rest. And not just like the physical rest, which of course, I mean, our bodies had just been through an absolute trauma, but also the emotional rest out of obviously just giving birth and being pregnant and being in hospital the week before, but even the experience that I had that day really was sitting with me. And so I let myself sleep for the first two nights and I was so much better for it. And I just want to speak to anyone out there. I mean, it's probably the start, the taster of the mum guilt that society expects us to experience. Like I didn't feel it at all. I knew that taking care of myself was the best thing to take care of him. And I knew that because of the work that I do, what the conversations we have in our containers, things that we are discussing in Rest Week, of course. If you haven't joined already, definitely join Rest Week. It literally, like everything you're going to learn from me, the mindsets, the actions, how to rest, all of that good stuff. It's not just about us resting to experience rest. It's about what that creates in our life, in our relationships, in our health, in our work. Literally everyone wins when we rest. Um, so I'm super glad that I did that. And then I also, I remember one time because I was in hospital, I did have, um, people on call, you know, nurses and midwives and, and help on call 24 seven. And I did ask for lots of help. And I remember at one point thinking, is this silly? Like, am I asking, you know, it was cold and I was asking if I'd put too many blankets on him when he came out of NICU. And I thought, why not? Why the fuck not? So I just want to offer that lesson to you all as well. If you have the opportunity to have help or to ask for help, why the fuck not? I kind of think of it like checking into an airline when you can ask for an upgrade, even though times are very different now than they were 20 years ago. Why the fuck not, right? Like why the fuck not ask for help? Why the fuck not ask for the upgrade? So that was a big aha lesson that I wanted to give you. Um, I will tell you, I'm going to confess, I'm going to flash forward a little bit to when we got out of hospital and um, the midwife came, they came to check on him until he was a decent weight, but she came the first time. So I just got out of hospital. I was so happy to be home. I'd been there over a week um, and she came the next day and she came into my bedroom where I was and I was just picking, pottering around the room, putting things away, whatever it was. And she came in and she was like, um, I'd rather see you in bed. Now I'd spent a week in bed in the hospital. I'm the queen of rest. I'm all for it. And I'd missed, I'd forgotten that I'd just a week before given birth, come through this physical trauma. I was still bleeding. Of course I should have still been in bed, but because I'd spent the week in bed in hospital, I'd like thought that was the end. I've come out of hospital now. I don't need to rest anymore. And of course I was incorrect. So I went back to resting deliciously um, and overresting in a juicy way. So I just want that to be an example for you all that like I really genuinely believe every single one of us underrests what's possible when you overrest. My actual recovery from birth was actually amazing and I think a big part of it was spending a week just in a hospital bed. Not that you want to spend a week in a hospital bed, but really I was just resting. I was in bed for a week. Um so where could you rest more? And of course, join rest week. I'm going to tell you all about it. I also at this point just want to acknowledge and give credit to like firstly every single person and there were so many people I was in so many different units in the hospital that helped us and supported us and 
it was just phenomenal experience really and I know not everyone has that and that's a privilege so I really want to acknowledge that and it's just super super grateful for that and also to really just encourage those of you that maybe leave hospital sooner to ask for help like really set yourself up really give yourself as much as you can listen I'm in a very fortunate position where I was able to hire a night nurse to come and support us when I came out of hospital and came home so I could sleep then and I'm really really over overly asking for help is the way to recover post-birth and it is the way to live life like you do not need a reason to rest you do not need a reason to ask for ask for help this shouldn't be this is like the big takeaway for me and my brain what I'll be speaking about in rest week and teaching on is like it shouldn't be the exception it should be the norm like why not ask for help why not take more rest really think about that what results do you actually produce when you rest more versus so I'll give you an example. We were actually coaching on this in the 15-hour work week. And one of my clients has a 15-hour work week, of course. And her kid goes to nursery and she said, well, um, I don't know what to do when he's in nursery because I have to do something because otherwise I shouldn't put him in nursery. He might as well be with me. I would love to go to the beach, but I just always find myself finding things to do in my business or in my house. And I said, well, what's the actual result that you want? right? She wants to be present for her kid. She wants to be connected to her kid. She wants to have fun with him. And I said, well, that's the result, right? But you've been talking about the doing. You've been taught that the doing is more important and that being busy in the day is valuable. But what's actually going to produce the result for you? Going to the beach or busying yourself with things around the house that don't need to be done? She was like, oh my God, of course, going to the beach. And the next day she woke up, went to the beach and she's creating that presence, that joy, that connection that she wants with her kid because she is allowing herself to nourishingly do what she wants to do. So that's what I will leave you with today is an invitation to take care of yourself, to feel nourished, to take the rest, to join rest week we will get the link added in the show notes as well i cannot wait to see you guys there it literally kicks off today you won't have missed a thing join us there and if you're joining late but within you know a certain time frame you can still join us it doesn't matter when you join doesn't matter if you join for a day for an hour get in that room i will leave the link in the show notes or go to vickylouise.com forward slash rest thank you for listening to some of my birth stories i'm sure more will be weaved in and out as i continue to teach you back more about time i love you guys lots i missed you lots it feels so good to be back and part of that is because i did take adequate rest <laughs> All right, people, I will see you next week. Bye. Hey, if you want to get five hours a week back minimum for life, then I want to invite you to join Time Hackers. It's this podcast on speed where you'll get access to time hacking tools not shared on the podcast. You'll get access to my proven process for hacking your time to get five hours back every week at least. It's also my favorite place to hang out and will be yours too as you connect with other time hackers where you'll get celebrated, supported and coached of course. You are a time hacker. This is where you belong. Head to vickylouise.com forward slash group. I can't wait to see you there.